Van Wee Financial is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. It's Saturday morning. It's 10 o'clock. This is the Van Wee Financial Hour. I'm Steve Van Wee. And I'm Adam Van Wee. And as usual, we're here live on this gorgeous Saturday morning. And we will be here for the full hour, welcoming everyone for you um, regulars. I'm so happy that you're always there. And I, I assume that we're entertaining you a bit or you wouldn't come back. I was thinking about that over the last couple of days. How many of these shows do you listen to that are pre-recorded? And they're, aside from just being a little monotonous, they're humorless. That's what I've decided. You can't have a humorless financial show because it's boring. That's Yeah, finance is not inherently an no. interesting topic to most people. Right, but there's a little something that I say that I was put in quotes and call it CFP humor because most people think that's an oxymoron and it's really not but we in our office we have a really good time we are very serious about what's going on with your money but we also are the kind of people who like people and I hope that comes through on the radio so don't don't be afraid to crack a joke here and there there's no reason not to yeah we we don't like our clients to dread coming no. to see us for a number of reasons right. one that means the market's probably bad yeah <laughs> and uh yeah, so, i'd rather we were dreading seeing them yeah that, that, <laughs> that's true but you can do something about that yeah so we we do try and uh try and keep things light anyway if you're just finding us for the first time either on purpose or by accident try to stick around for the whole hour and we'll see what's going on there is certainly no shortage of topics these days with everything that's going on in the markets in the the politics of the season, which affect your money so dramatically, and with the fact that this year is winding down. It is winding down rather quickly. We're yes. in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and you think about where we're going to be three months from today, and we're back to work on the new year, and all the holidays are behind us and so on. If you count the number of actual trading days left in this year, it's a surprisingly small number. Mm-hmm. Um, this week was... Um, interesting in its own right and i was getting a little bit depressed because of the slow finish until i read some statistics that say you know when the first week in october isn't very good the end of the year is very frequently very good yeah which i mean that to me doesn't really matter I know, there's statistics it, like everything else but we, we saw but some it kind of brought me out of my because yeah. it, it was such a good start we were setting records this week right and then That's true and then something happened. Yeah, I mean, we gave a little bit of it back, but it was it was an interesting week. There was a lot happening, honestly, yeah. towards the end of the week, especially. Um, something happened that I think was long overdue. I'll get to that in a minute. But all in all, it was kind of a week where everything did a 180 from the rest of the year. And we've seen that trend this year where just there'll be a week or two where everything reverses and yep. things that have done well do poorly and things that have done poorly do well. And that was definitely the case this week. And we've week. been saying that for several weeks now. Yep. And it's uh, coming. You'll you'll hear the term reversion to the mean, which just means that that everything kind of 
goes back to average. Mm-hmm. So the most striking example this week was the Dow versus the NASDAQ. Mm-hmm. The NASDAQ dropped a pretty staggering 258 points or 3.2%, while the Dow dropped 11 points or 0%. And so the S&P was right in the middle at 1% down. Which index was it that was trailing this year? Well, it was the Dow. The and Dow. which one was the clear leader? It was the NASDAQ. The Dow's up 7%, and the NASDAQ, on the other hand, came down to be up only 12.8%. So, one might say there, reverse, re, there is reversion to the mean. Yeah, that's what I was referencing. Well, everyone knows the rules of the show, and we're not going to break them. All right. Good morning, Don. Hey, boys. How are you? I'm glad to hear you this morning, but y'all sound depressed. He's a little bit over there. He's smack him beside the head a couple of times, and he'll smack you. <laughs> it's good to be quick. <laughs> What's on your mind? Any, hey, I can't stack up any $100 bills around I'm having to give it away now. <laughs> All the young people, you people out there listening, y'all need to get out there and help these young people. Well, you know. They had trouble out there, man. I mean, they can't make a living. If you teach them, I don't think so. You teach them how to fish. (laughs) It's the old thing. You give them a fish, and they feed for a day. You teach them how to fish, and they go fishing. Imagine that. You know, you know that we I had a I had thirty seven thousand dollars with a hundred dollar bills, and I was having to pass them out to young people so they could pay their rent. Wow. For the life of me, I don't know why these people don't go out of the way to hire these young people. They're good people. Hardworking, big, big young men, big young women. Well, educated. Did you see what the unemployment rate fell to this week? No, I haven't been paying attention to that. It is an all-time low 3.7%. The lowest since 1969. Yeah, but that's all-time for most of you folks. Yeah. I was alive then, but not everybody was. I was not. You know how I look at that? I judge it. I judge it by what I can see on the street. I don't see that on the street. I see a lot of young. Maybe they are, maybe they ain't. But I tell you, I see a lot of young people. Hmm. They're that's, educated to beat the band, but there's just nobody hiring them. That's surprising, Don. Yeah, it is. Pardon me. I said that's surprising because most of the stories that we hear in our office and the things that we see are kind of the opposite of that. I I mean, if you drive down the street these days and look in store windows, there's a lot of hiring signs and and help-wanted signs. Um, It seems like there's jobs out there. They may not be the jobs you want necessarily. If you're too fussy, either with your price or your hours or any of those things, then you might have trouble. But there are for the last two or three months, there have been more jobs available than people looking for work. All we've got to do is get them matched up. You know, there may be jobs out there, buddy, but I tell you, I come from the old school. When I had to roll out of bed when I was 12 years old, I had to go to work at 4 o'clock in the morning before I went to school. That's grammar school. And when I got out of grammar school, I had to go back to work. Yeah, well, but, uh, I, I did the same thing. We all did back all years ago, but the yep. world has changed. It's automated now. That's Too much success. True. Anyway. Yep. Anyway, I just want to shake you guys up, tell you, tell you. <laughs> well, y'all, are good, y'all are in good shape. Y'all are in good shape. You get up in the morning, go to the bathroom. Y'all get up off of that yard, can't you? I, I, I can't. I get up every morning, look out the window, and if the grass is green, I put a smile on my face, and it lasts all day long. <laughs> Very yeah, I important. I try that myself. <laughs> you take care of yourself. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Don. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye.
See? I, now, I, humor is everywhere. Absolutely. You know, he's right. I was talking about some things that were not great, mm-hmm. but uh, there is some good news coming up. We are coming up on a break. I'll try and get to some of it, though. We've got plenty of time. Yeah. I, I want to talk about what caused this week, but I'll probably do it when we come back. Um, so I'd, uh, instead, um, I'll start with just saying that October was has not been kind to U.S. stocks very much. No. But if you look at international, we look like the the biggest, the smallest loser, I guess. Um, yeah, because it was a pretty rough week outside of the U.S. I'll it talk was. about that more later. And I'm going to rip apart the jobs report because, as usual, the uneducated fools pretending to be the national <laughs> financial <laughs> media butchered this week. It was absolutely butchered. Whatever you heard. Is just ignore it. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Now, you think this one's bad. Guess what's coming up next month on the jobs day? The election is the Tuesday following the jobs report. Oh, great. You want to see some bad reporting? We'll tune you in to what happened this time so you can look for it next time because it's going to be ten times worse. No matter what, any news that they get is going to be bad news, I promise you. But it's not true. Stay tuned. We'll tell you all about it as soon as we get back. This is the Van Wee Financial Hour. Welcome back to the Van Wee Financial Hour. I'm Steve Van Wee. And I'm Adam Van Wee. And we have in this segment our trivia question for the day. Most of you have heard the name Warren Buffett. For some reason, he seems to have been in the news a lot in the past few decades because, well, let's just say he's done pretty well for himself. Yeah, that he has. Yeah. He is a self-made gazillionaire. Yeah. My question to you, and this is... This is meant to give all of us older people a little heart. What percentage of Warren Buffett's $81 billion net worth did he earn before he was 50? How's that? Good question. Yeah. All right. Back to the market wrap and the jobs report and all that. Carry on. I want to start with what caused all of this madness that we saw this week, particularly in the later half of this week. Yep. And – I think that mostly it was a long overdue correction in the long end of the yield curve. And what the heck does that mean? I know that was very confusing. Yeah, it does make sense to me, though. I'm going to try and explain it in a in a pretty easy way to understand. The yield curve simply simply represents the amount that bonds are paying versus the, the time that they have until they mature. So the longer, if you buy a, a five-year bond, it's probably going to pay you less than if you buy a 30-year bond. That's a pretty simple uh, financial concept that First rules is almost money. always true. Money sooner is better than money later. More money right. is better than less money. All those things. So recently, the yield curve was pretty flat, meaning that a bond that was due in five years was paying pretty similarly to a bond that was due in 30 years. Yeah, so which one are you going to buy? I would buy the five-year. Depends on your interest rate expectation. Well, less if, risk. If, yeah, if we were if we were at the top of what everybody knew was interest rates aren't going any okay, higher fair you buy it as long as you can right but but we, no, you know we know exactly so you would buy the short one hoping that interest rates will go up and then you could roll that into a higher paying bond exactly. later well for whatever reason this week the flip the switch flipped and long-term interest rates started rising and they rose pretty substantially over the last uh, two days of the week Very so much. um it's something that really needed to happen because when you see if that hadn't happened and they started dropping, that would mean the yield curve inverted. And if you've ever heard of that, it's a very good recession indicator, not necessarily an immediate recession, but one that's coming in the next one to three years. Yes, you all know 
that when I say the financial media, I am not complimenting anyone. (laughs) I have a very, very low opinion of financial media, and they have a motive. They have been predicting this yield curve inversion for a long time. They want to talk about the upcoming recession that Donald Trump caused. Exactly right. Their motive is a November 6th motive. They want everything to be as bad as possible on Election Day. So all of a sudden, this uh, long-term rates started going up, which is actually a sign that that the economy is doing well and will continue to do well. And so it's actually a really good sign for America, but stocks didn't like it. And so they got pummeled and so did bonds and pretty much everything that had been doing well went down. Yeah, stocks don't like it because people say, oh my gosh, that bond yield is looking pretty good more now. attractive. Yeah. They move a whole bunch of money over there. You know, there's a lot less risk in bonds and stocks. Yeah, exactly. So do I want to own the S&P 500 paying two point whatever percent in dividends or do I want to own a long-term bond that's now going to pay me three point something? Yeah, and, three, three or better. Yeah. So that suddenly looks a little bit more attractive than it did a couple of days ago. Yep. And, and that's really all that happened. And so all this craziness we saw is it's just that and it'll get worked out, in my opinion, and we'll go back to valuing the stock market on what we should, which is earnings. Okay. Um, once again, good morning, Chuck. Hey, good morning, guys. How how are things today? Well, you know, um, market was down, interest rates up, yep. inflation up. Yep. And you know who who foretold this twenty years ago? Um, I was listening to Rush Limbaugh, and he was doing a parody of Senator Ernest Hollings, and. Ernest Hollings said, uh, there's too much consuming going on out there. Exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> and that was about the same time Clinton was saying, well, we could give you a tax cut, but how do you know, how do we know that you'd spend it the right way? <laughs> that was in Buffalo, I believe. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't Buffalo me. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I remember that line like it was yesterday. Rush always referred to him as Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> consuming going on out there his other famous line is where is that here bond market the same same era <laughs> what a guy yeah you're absolutely right <laughs> what yeah. can you just say you know and something nobody talks about anymore is what um uh jim sasser the former tennessee senator yeah used to say he used to call the deficit the deficits we didn't create these deficits yeah, it's funny that people from that band of states are far more southern than people down here. A lot of them are very difficult. But if you're a northerner and you're not used to hearing that, a lot of them are very difficult to understand. Over the last 30 years, I've kind of grown used to it. But back then, they sounded pretty weird. Yeah, you're right. There, This was all very predictable. The cycle is what the cycle is. Interest rates rise and fall. The economy rises and falls. And right now, anyone who wouldn't predict just looking at the simplest numbers that are out there, the GDP number, the unemployment number, and so on, of course we're in a strong up cycle. What's going to happen? Interest rates are going to go up. Yeah. The yield curve's going to change. It's as predictable if you understand basic economics, which rules out the financial media, as it could possibly be. The only thing that changes is the length of the cycles, and it's yeah. been getting longer and mm-hmm. longer over time. As we uh, And a lot of people attribute that to the Fed. Uh, and monetary policy. But. Yeah, well, Obama likes to take credit for the very, very lengthy recovery that he presided over. The only reason it took that long is because it was so slow. 
what can you say? When you got a population that's grown by a few million a year, it, it averages, I think, about three million a year. Your economy is going to grow by osmosis, if nothing else. So here we are at 330 million people. We're 20 years ago, we're maybe at 260 million people. Of course, the economy is going to be bigger, but it's still cyclical. In fact, do you remember, Chuck, do you remember when Bill Clinton said he had repealed the business cycle? I don't remember that. He actually came out on TV and said, we've repealed the business cycle. How about that one? You know what year it was? No, I don't. You should love this one. 2001? 1999. Close enough. What happened in the early 2000? Kaboom! Yeah, and bust. Kaboom, yeah. It was almost like he created it by saying something so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, you got to pay attention. And that's the nicest thing about getting old is remember a lot of this stuff. Well, and then eventually you forget yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they, when you get old enough, the only thing you remember is what happened 20 years true. ago. <laughs> Very true. Well, I, I grew up w- listening to talk radio and uh, 19, I think I started listening to Rush in 92. And I listened to Sean Hannity when I was living in Atlanta. And so for me, I fell in love with talk radio in the early 90s. And that's a huge source of how I get information to this day. I used to drive back and forth between Wisconsin and Florida several times a year. And I got onto talk radio. Rush had been on for about a month when I started listening. And we'd listen in the car all the way down there. And I only found out about all this because I had some really good friends who were traveling salesmen. Their radios were on all the time. And one of them came to see me one day and said, you got to hear this guy. He's right up your alley. By the way, there's nothing worse than being trapped in a car with your dad listening to Rush Limbaugh when you're 10 years old. <laughs> hey, but look look what happened. Yeah, you know? true. <laughs> He's sitting here making sense, isn't he? So we had to teach him something. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. Anyway, no, I mean, well, it's important. It's important. It is that important. You teach I agree. Kids well, at a young age, yep. how they should uh, think about politics. I mean, I'm molding my my son, and um, you know, if, if you don't mold them, then when they get in the hands of these liberal professors, uh, they're going to get, you know, comp- their their brains are going to get uh, bent with a crowbar. So you got to mold your kids. Uh, at a very young age, and talk radio is one way to do it. You're absolutely right. No doubt about thank, it. Thank goodness for talk radio and Fox News and all the other outlets where you can get a different viewpoint from the mainstream. It's important. That's one of the reasons that we like doing what we do. It's a little bit different look at topics that are of interest to everybody, mainly money. Hey, Chuck, you want to take a shot at Warren Buffett's net worth before age 50? Uh, what percentage what percentage accumulated? Um, God, I have no, I'm totally stumped on this one. Uh, I'll pass and let somebody else. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) Well, keep listening to the end. You'll be interested. Okay, I will. Thanks for the call. Thanks, Chuck. Okay. Take care. All right, bye. All right. Man, you know, I've, I've often thought about that, too. What would I be doing now if I hadn't grown up listening to things like that? I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I who knows? I mean, the world's changed. And now I listen to podcasts instead of talk radio. But right. It's kind of like the 2010 version of of, uh, of talk radio. Well, you know, when these when guys like Limbaugh Bortz were just getting started and this stuff, and people, their, their naysayers would always say, well, they tell everybody what to think. No, they don't. They tell everybody how to think. 
That's what you learn listening to talk radio is how to think. Yeah. It, is it any different than a liberal professor talking to his students? Oh, yeah. They tell them what to think. Uh, so to me, it's a 180. Anyway, we've got lots more to say. After the break, we're going to really tear apart the jobs report and show you what it means to have reporting come out on a slanted basis instead of understanding what actually goes on out there. Because I'm telling you, this this report was panned widely. It was one of the best job reports weeks in the history of this country. It was really good. And the ADP report was also really good. It so. was. And, and I like that because it confirmed them, each other. And I yeah. always like it when that happens. Plus, they went back and said, well, the rest of the summer has really been pretty spectacular, too. So we'll get into all of that right after the break. Don't go anywhere. This is the Van Wee Financial Hour on fire. Welcome back to the Van Wee Financial Hour. I'm Steve Van Wee. And I'm Adam Van Wee. And we still have our trivia question out there. What percentage of Warren Buffett's quite incredible $81 billion net worth did he earn before he was 50 years old? Also, I should mention this um, sponsor for this quarter is uh, Robinson Landscape and Maintenance. Give, give Troy a call at 662 9794. There's still a lot of growing season left, and that's followed by fix-up season and that's according to him it's a lot more fun to do fix-up season than just keeping the grass under control so anyway if you want your place to look fantastic that's a good start all right um you want to start on jobs or you got a little more market stuff you want to cover i mean there there is a little bit more but it's mostly the economic data i was going to talk about the jobs and in addition to that the uh, ISM manufacturing dropped to 59.8, and the non-manufacturing rose to 61.6. Even though the manufacturing dropped, those numbers are still huge because anything over 50 is expansion. Is so actually, we're still expanding like crazy. Yeah, the 61.6 or 61.8, that was the conglomerate, was the highest ever recorded. Yeah, and the uh, the um, weekly jobless claims dropped again as well and yep. came in at about 207,000. So we didn't cross my magic number of 200, but it was close. No, and there were at least 70,000 people in the Carolinas that couldn't get to work. Right. So, the, yeah. All those things considered, it's astounding. So what the headline said, we have a disappointing jobs report this morning. Only 134,000 jobs are created. Versus, really? Versus 185,000 expected. Yes. Really? Going to tear that apart a little bit. Well, so just that that headline alone, 134 is still a pretty good number, and they don't talk about the jobs that were added to the previous months. And if you include those, the total increase was 221,000. So it actually blew away the 185,000 number. Yeah, and the the final number for July was about 270,000, right, which is a huge number. That's and, more than the population growth in a month in the U.S. That's pretty incredible that's astounding and then uh, aside from that you had the hurricane last month so that affected the number as as it always does not as much as the previous one did from last year at this time but it still affected it and so then you've got the unemployment rate which dropped a full two tenths of a percent down to 3.7 percent which is which they they did mention i'll give them credit that's true for that that's true um and then also you just have to wonder at some point, are we running out of people to fill jobs? Are, what do we? I mean, we are, we are getting down to. If you don't have a job, there, 
I don't know what you're doing wrong. (laughs) You need to look harder. Yeah, it's it's to the point now where you well you did see it. There was a tick up in the year over year labor costs. It's still under three percent, but that number's going over three percent, and it's going over it really soon. Actually, if you annualize the last three months, the annualized rate is three point eight percent increase. I rest my case. So now it's put accelerating. The, put the thing that you've always talked about. You take all the people who are retiring at yep. ten thousand or more a month getting above a day, 65 a day. a day excuse me yeah. and then you replace them with lower paid lower paid employees doing those jobs what is the real year over year labor costs yeah no. it's it's accelerating at a much faster rate than what they're reporting and you can see it amazon this week came out yeah. and said that everyone who works for them will now make a minimum of $15 an hour okay. and do you think they did that because they're just nice people no the problem that they are seeing is that they can't find enough people and the holidays are coming up and they need to wrap, ramp up their staffing and they're having trouble hiring warm bodies. Yeah, of course, the financial media gets together and says, well, that's a terrible thing after giving them grief for a whole year because now they're going to lose some of their welfare benefits. You didn't hear that one, huh? <laughs> no, I did not hear that one. Isn't that fantastic? But that's a that is to me that is such a clear sign that Amazon is having trouble finding good people and they need to pay more. And so that's what exactly what they're doing. And if they're starting it and they're one of the biggest employers in the US, you're going to see other companies follow suit probably with even higher wages. Okay. Now let's talk about the things that you don't hear. ADP, the automatic data processing company who who process private payrolls they have a sampling system that's based on their own business and it it kind of gets there first because they're the people actually preparing paychecks for these people they came in at what was it 230,000 for the month mm-hmm. an astounding number and caller all right good morning larry hey guys how you doing wonderfully how about you Doing all right. Doing my yard work again and listening to the best radio show on Saturday. Again. <laughs> we appreciate you're, you're, you're too kind. No, you're just kind enough. That's right. I almost missed kind that. enough. There you go. Well, I just wanted to take a shot at the trivia. Oh, do. I have n- nothing to base this on, but I'm going to guess 75%. I'm going to tell you that you're too high. I'm too not high. going to. Yep. I'm not going to tell you by how much you're too high, but you're too high. He got yeah, a late. Well, he got a relatively late start, I guess. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll at least help some other listeners. Yeah, you know, for anybody who's uh, still under fifty, this will give you a lot of heart. Okay. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance? I re- <laughs> yes, I remember exactly. once being under fifty. It was a long time ago. <laughs> still got a few years left. <laughs> what can you say? All right, we appreciate it. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. You too. You too. Good morning, Ron. Good morning, Steve. How are you and Adam doing today? Great. Great. How are you? Thank you. Just fine. Out doing yard work. Oh, good. Always one in the home. Good day for it. Yep. And I'm listening to you guys at the same time, so it's a good good day. Yeah. Multitasking, aren't you? Yes, sir. Um, (laughs) What's on your mind? I've heard you talk about Jim Cramer from time to time, and you mentioned that he's the guy that likes to hear his own voice the most. (laughs) And uh, He wins the award from me. Yeah. <laughs> Has anybody ever done a study on his uh, stock picks? That, uh, uh, you know, especially during the lightning round, I, I got a feeling I'd be a multimillionaire if I would have just gone the other way. <laughs> if he says, 
Well, there, there was one. If you if you Google him, and there was a problem a few years ago when he he took something public that was his opinion, and I don't know if it resulted in a bankruptcy, but it was almost that bad because so many people listened to him and did this. Now, I just I don't think that any entertainer, which is what he is, he is. Mm-hmm. should have that much sway over people. At least if mm-hmm. they do, because you, know, you can't argue when when you're so famous that people listen to you. You can't argue with that because, hey, you've been very successful. But I think you owe it to your public to be very cautious about you what you will say and what you won't say. And I think he goes overboard a little too frequently for my taste. But, you know, so sue me, right? Yeah, really. I know. Uh, you're you're old enough. Adam wouldn't remember there was a guy that used to predict football to call Jimmy the Greek Snyder. Sure. Uh, and uh, I was, in another life, I used to bet on football, and I would wait till he made his picks and call up my bookie and just go the other way. <laughs> <laughs> how'd, how'd you do? And, oh, I'd, he'd make three picks. I'd win two out of three, almost every <laughs> week, sometimes three. You know, he'd say, take, take, the, or take the Eagles plus yeah. three and a half, and I'd call my guy up, Danny, give me Dallas. Minus three and a half. You know. I love it. He win by 30, you know. <laughs> and it was a sad day for me when he got fired because that, that cost me a lot of money. Yeah, it's a shame, especially something like that because you never know which way the ball's going to bounce. That's basically, exactly. that's been you a know? lot of our, our investing theory lately. Just listen to the media and whatever they tell you, do the opposite. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah Absolutely so. true. But Jim Cramer is very entertaining. And I'll, that I'll leave is. it at that. Yep, that you is. Know? Do you want to take a shot at our trivia question, by the way? Well, I was I was going to say so are the three Stooges. They're very entertaining. I appreciate that comment, and I still love love watching them. But uh, that's funny. Yeah, I, I I'll get a shot. I have no idea, but you know, we'll just take a shot and say ten percent. Still too high. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He's had a wow. stellar older career, hasn't mm-hmm. he? <laughs> hasn't he? Man, I thought that was going to be way too low. Yep, pretty interesting. Well, you bracketed it for people, so we'll see what happens from there. Okay, well, thanks again for the great job you guys do. We'll, oh, thanks we'll so talk much. to you soon. We thanks, love Ron. hearing from you. Bye-bye. All right, after the break, we're going to bring up some more statistics on these jobs. Because, you know what's happening out there, folks? If you heard the truth, I don't see how anybody could ever even think about Trump not being elected or keeping the House and the Senate. Because the money is what people vote. They vote their pocketbooks. You know, it's well, nice to have the money is what half of people vote. Well, on. that's true. Yeah, yeah. The, the the half that think with their heads instead of their hearts will always vote their pocketbooks. And I think their pocketbooks are doing pretty darn fine this year. I would agree. I like it. All right. Well, don't go anywhere. We'll wrap all this up. I've got a couple other goody goodies for after the break too. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is the Van Wee Financial Hour. Welcome back to the Van Wee Financial Hour. I'm Steve Van Wee. And I'm Adam Van Wee. All right, trivia questions still out there. What percentage of Warren Buffett's net worth did he earn by the time he was 50? And we know it's less than 10%. All right, so more on the jobs number. We've been over this many times, but not everybody's listening on any given month. Jobs numbers are first released by ADP, the private payroll people. That came out at 230000 which is way above acceptable. Anybody would tell you that. Then on the Friday of the same week, the Bureau of Labor Statistics will come out with their jobs report. The one they advertise up front is called the 
the um, establishment survey. And that means they, they have a group of employers that they sample and they'll tell them how many they added or subtracted for the month and they add that up and they get a number. Well, the number this month was reported as 134,000, which is an okay number. Not going to make anybody sing from the rafters, but it's okay. But what they didn't tell you was that they revised the previous two um, months' reports by 87,000. So the actual increase in jobs that was reported was not 134,000. It was 221,000. Then... There's something that they use called the CES birth death jobs, which which I always call the made-up jobs, and that was a negative number. So actually the report said there were even more than that, and there's one more after. Good morning, Cheryl. Good morning. You want to take a shot at it, I'll bet, huh? Yeah, I want to guess 5%. You're still too Five high. Five is too high. Oh, my God. <laughs> Believe that? Like I said, oh. he's done very well in his yeah. later life. That's what I guessed, too, Cheryl. Yep. So, Yeah, you're in Thank good company. You. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Yeah, how about that? He, you know, he was just a guy until he was 50. Yeah, well. A really wealthy guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you can take less than 5% of a really big number and mm-hmm. you can live on it real nicely. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, then the, there's one more thing left, and that's the BLS household survey. The household survey is exactly that. They sample random households and see who's working. But that one has the ability to pick up people who are self-employed, for instance, or start little businesses. People go work for a contract for a big company hoping to get hired later. So it's a much more current number. That one for this month was 420000 And that one you're going to see continue to to dominate i mean it's exactly. going to get even bigger because that is such a big trend right now especially yep. among the younger crowd they don't even want to get hired by a big company they want to do contract work for a while go to aruba for three months and then go somewhere and do another contract and for job. that matter during the three months in aruba they can still pick up a contract yeah it might be a Not smaller one but yeah exactly that that is a lifestyle choice that is very popular with the younger generation and increasingly popular with my generation as well. Yeah. The the last statistic that you won't hear is something called U6. The unemployment number that we hear, 3.7, is called U3. That only counts actively seeking for work people. But if you add in the discouraged workers, which has been a real problem the past couple of decades, you get what they call U6, which is the real unemployment rate. The one when I was Adam's age, the only one we used. Mm-hmm. That's how it was figured back then, but then the government wanted to make it look better. The U6 ran above 12% for most of the prior administration. By the time Trump took over on January of um, 2017, it was at 10.7%, and today it's at 7.1%. Now, that number is sneaking down like the old days. If it gets much lower than that, you are really, really going to have trouble enticing people into the workforce. So the government has some problems, and they're all the best kind. Mm-hmm. So look for more legal immigration. Look for higher wages for people. Yeah, I think I actually think that's why I brought up the are we running out of people to fill jobs, and I really think that that will be a problem in the next probably 18 to 24 months. Yep. And the solution to that is legal immigration. And I, I've said this all along. I, I agree that 
immigrants should be vetted thoroughly, but we need to have immigration in this Absolutely country. Absolutely do. And I'm not talking about just PhDs either. Right. No. At Every all level of yeah, society. Exactly. We're going to need more people. And the country was built that way, and we are not, uh, as a population, having enough kids to even sustain ourselves. Nope. So we need to grow and, by And inadvertently, you know what this is causing? It's causing an, a resurgence in the viability of Social Security. And that's the other reason we need to do it. And the millennial generation is huge, but they're not big enough to support the baby boomer generation through their 30-plus year retirement. So we need to supplement it with immigration. At the risk of trying to describe what looks like a Ponzi scheme for pretty obvious reasons, Social Security relies on an ever-increasing base of people working to make contributions. It's a pay-as-you-go system. What you pay in on your paycheck on Friday – goes out on Monday to me. Yep. Thank you. You're welcome. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So the more people that are working, the further out the the uh, going broke date, which is variously estimated to be around 2034, you, when you think about it, it's scary close to where we are right mm-hmm. now. It really is. Every time there's a big bump in employment, that number gets later and later without having to do anything unpopular like actually fixing it. Right. So that's, that is the kind of the unsung hero of this recovery the last couple of years is the, the um, I guess, just the improvement in the bad system. I don't want to sound like it's all cushy and wonderful because it's not, but it's delaying action for a good reason because it can. It still has structural problems that have to be addressed if Adam and his kids are going to have what Sarah and I have today with a steady stream of payments. But you know, this is a start. And it, it wasn't what they set out to do. It's what's happening. And it was kind of interesting because well, Trump I, ran on not changing the system. He said, grow your way out of it. So it is, yeah, no, in I, that I, respect, what he said he I would don't do. think he ever said that directly, but no. I've long thought that that was his plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you can grow your way out of debt. It's Absolutely. possible. It is hard to do, but, I mean, we're doing the right things at this point. Yeah, there are three ways out of debt. You can start taking in more money than you spend. That's not happening in the government. And the, even even more ridiculous would be just cutting spending. Exactly. That you, would never happen. Yeah, that would never happen. And then, of course, there's default. Mm-hmm. And the, you, you see a lot of um, the chicken little types out there talking about default. Well, I don't discount them as much as I just kind of a lot of stupid things out there that are talked about financially because, yeah, it's a real possibility if we don't get our act together. Yeah, no doubt about it. But it's not going to happen today or tomorrow, people. Oh, no, it's nothing to worry about in the How many times do you read the drop dead date? On July 14th, 2015, the world as we know it is coming to an end. You know what that one was about? Uh, that Was it the mind clock or something? No, that was a different one. This one was about the government forcing Swiss bank accounts oh, to, to, be, to tell us the who had money thing, over yeah. there. So this guy's argument, Stansbury or somebody, or you know, Davidson, one of my favorites, they said, well, what's going to happen is the entire world is going to sell out of the U.S. stock market, and it's going to be unlike anything you've ever seen. <sighs> oh, um, again, you know, listen to us, not them. That's what I'm saying. All right, what did we say about Canada in the past two, three, four shows? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. We, we predicted that they might follow along with whatever Mexico and the U.S. did. Yep. 
Oh, no, no. Canada's not going to do that. They're not going to do this and that and join NAFTA. So Trump, the idiot Trump is going to have to wind up with a bilateral deal, not a trilateral deal. And we kept saying, look, I'm, I'm no fan of Trudeau. I wasn't a fan of his dad. I'm not a fan of his. I don't think he's exceptionally brilliant, but I do give him enough credit to pound sand in his proverbial rat hole. And we said he's smart enough to know that this is a big deal for Canada, and he will come to the table. Yeah. Well, guess what happened at 1030 at night? The last second. When midnight was the expiration time, and they settled. And like a good politician, I'm going to pump him up where it's due, he immediately came out and said the following. This is a great deal for Canada. Exactly, of course. And that's what good politicians will do. They, They all smile. I have an old saying that I'd love to use. It says, a good business deal is where everybody walks out of the room smiling. A good political deal is where nobody walks out of the room <laughs> smiling. This was not a political deal. This was a business deal. No doubt about it. And he and knew it. Before I forget, I have to say good luck to my son's travel soccer team. He is playing in a tournament in Orlando this weekend. And wish him good luck, him and the boys. And you could say kick butt, except he's going to kick the ball instead. Well, hopefully both. Well, that would be true. All right. Warren Buffett is worth $81 billion. But until he was 50, he had earned only a little less than one half percent of that. Crazy. Isn't that something? That is the value of compound energy interest and stock markets and all that. All right. It was fun. We'll see you next week. And we'll have more goodies. This is the Van Wee Financial Hour.